Hi. Wow. I'm bloody doing it. Oh, yeah. I can tell that you're recording. Yeah, I'm coming for All you. All right. So you can't do it sneakily? No. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see if science uses Zoom. I'm Andy Stapleton and joining me today is Cameron Schmoopy Shearer. Good results all and hello to you, Andy. Hello. Oh, I said Andrew, that's why it sounded did. funny. <laughs> that sounded really weird. It sounded, and what was it? Andrew. I think I said Andrew, yeah. Perfect. Love it. Love it. Um, so Cameron... Uh, Shmoopy Shearer, uh, you clearly are using Zoom because that's what we're talking on right now. Yes, Do I like, like Zoom. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, although it is, it is, um, it's not very good for security. That's what people are saying. So the paid version is encrypted. So we are currently talking on through an encrypted video chat. Oh, that's um, all right. I like that. So it would be more difficult for someone to hack their way in yeah but um i did not add a password to this meeting so someone could just join in at any time if they happen to write in the right series of numbers yeah i heard that i heard about these so-called um zoom pirates have mm-hmm. you heard well you you can just guess a random link and if it's not protected by a password uh that's it You're you just great. jump in and yeah you, well you can show your willy well, if you want to, yeah. Um, I think it's always the same number of digits, so it's like kissing a phone number. Maybe we should do that as one of our games. Oh, okay. We could see. So if- we have to go into Zoom meetings and tell them about science. <laughs> yeah, so we're, yeah. sorry to interrupt your family chat, but are you interested in science? <laughs> yeah. We might get some takers. I reckon you actually. I tell you what. As far as science communication goes, that's been one of my better ideas. But you might entertain more people that way. Anyway, I think so. I think so. Um, so, do you think science would be a fan of Zoom? Well, I guess science wouldn't really like the yeah the poor encryption and lack of password. But I could have added a password. I know how to do that. I just chose not to. Good. Is that because uh, but, you don't respect me? Well, you're not very good at reading emails at the best of times. So for me to also email you the password, um, I just didn't trust you to look that far down the, the email. So it would have been too much for me. I kept it right. easy. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. Um, otherwise, I think science would like Zoom. I don't think science really cares too much for face-to-face meetings. Um, it's more efficient to just meet people. Uh, through your computer screen or through your phone screen and to actually see them face-to-face, yeah. possibly contract germs um, and uh, put pants on. So Yeah. Um, and possibly put pants on. Yeah, possibly put pants on, yes. Fair enough. Yeah, good. Mm. Do you often think, oh, if only I, if I didn't go into work today, I wouldn't have to put pants on. <laughs> well... I mean, I often I would wear different pants if I was working from home than I if I was going in. So yeah, uh, it is definitely an advantage to be working from home and using Zoom for meetings. Well, that's good. But yeah, uh, so just just so that we're clear, I don't want to mm-hmm. like be too personal. Are you wearing pants right now? 
Um, well, so I am wearing a relatively nice shirt, as you, you see. It's beautiful. Um, but it is hiding the fact that otherwise I'm wearing my pyjamas. <laughs> that's brilliant. Well, that's that's the proper Zoom way, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what's the point of putting the effort into the lower regions? No one sees it. Exactly. Yep. I agree. I agree. Uh, so what about you? What are your thoughts on science's thoughts on Zoom? Uh, I think science would, uh, would like the efficiency that Zoom brings. Because if you think about it, when you go to a, like go to have a meeting or whenever you do uh, any in-person activities, it's a great excuse to stop working about an hour before. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're like, well, I've got a meeting at this time and by the time, blah, blah, blah. So I believe that this is as efficient as you can get. You can, uh, you know, literally I, I walked in and I set this up and they were going. I didn't have to worry about getting a cup of tea. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I, so yeah, do I think they'd like it? Yes, because mm-hmm. I believe it's a little bit more efficient. Well, I mean, for work meetings that are Zoom ones, yeah. Um, Sometimes you, know, you would have had this a lot of times, well, Andy, we're in big meetings yeah. and my input is not really sought after in a lot of meetings. Yeah. Um, I'm basically there to pipe in if anyone asks me a direct question. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm there to listen or to be seen and not be heard, you know, oh, like a child. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so on Zoom, you get the option to mute yourself. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I mean, I often would just mute myself, put headphones in, turn the screen off, and then I just walk around the lab and uh, do stuff while other people are doing a, a Zoom meeting. Science would love that. So it's very good for multitasking. That is that is well done, you. Yeah. Also, I'd, well well done for having the self awareness to know that you're not you're like you're just a body in the room. They don't really want you there. <laughs> Well, yeah, I am interested to know if I get that right every time because sometimes maybe people do want me to pipe up more. Like yeah. you never get told like pipe up more or pipe up less. Yeah, yeah. Or do you? Uh, no, normally I'm told to shut up. Yeah. Well, that's pipe up less, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. So if Very- I don't get either, maybe I'm hitting the sweet spot. Maybe you are. Well, may- yeah, I- I'd go with that. Let's go with that. Yes, well done, Cam- I- Cameron Shmoopy-Shira. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, you hate long intros for this when I'm all rude and talk about my bits. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to cut straight into it and go, poopy, poopy, poo, poopy, poopy, poo, poo, poopy, poopy, (laughs) bum, bum, bum. It's news for the week. Well, you're editing this one, so (laughs) I don't have as much say as other times um, over what actually gets through. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, so uh, anyway, that was it. Poopy, poopy, bum, bum. That's what I like. Okay. Talking about poopy, poopy, bum, bums, what have you been up to, Schmoopy Shearer? Well, um, I have a, a 13-month-old baby, and I've seen my very much fair share of poopy, poopy, bum, bums this week. Yeah, I bet. Um, but as a parent, you're actually happy to see poopy, poopy, bum, bums because uh, it gets worrying when you don't see one for a couple of days. Yeah, I've heard that. So, hang on, a couple of days? Yeah. What? So it's possible for a baby, I think he's gone up to a week before without doing a poo. Um, That's too long. Well, exactly. And that's why we're worried. Yeah. So when you see a poopy, poopy bum bum, you're like, hmm, love that. Yeah. I quickly call that to Lauren and say, guess what? (laughs) 
or maybe I finished cleaning up and then we come into the, the family room dancing. And, and high five. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So other than poopy boopy bum bums, um, uh, what, what else have you been up to? How is science coping with this distance, uh, social distancing stuff? Yes, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. So I, um, throughout the month since we, so it's been about a month since we last recorded. Yeah. And I kind of write notes for my news section as we go along. Yeah. And I've written here down in my news that, and this was newsworthy at the time, that a seminar was cancelled because an academic wouldn't travel from Western Australia yeah. to South Australia. So yeah. within the last month, we've gone from universities requesting people not to travel to having it basically a government mandate that we can't leave our, well, they almost say suburbs. It's not yeah. quite as bad as that in our home state, but in um, other places in Australia and the world especially, it's, uh, it's really changed a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. So, um, yeah, last time we spoke, we, we also mentioned the conferences who were struggling to fill the spots because people weren't traveling but now this was yeah. so this was an extension of that where a it was a it was an individual lecturer who decided or researcher that decided that it was not safe for them to travel well this was the their university the university of western australia was ahead of ah, the curve okay. in restricting their academics from traveling interstate yeah and, now, and you know ahead of the curve by about a week but, yeah, I mean, it's a week is a very long time at the moment. So absolutely, so, yeah, um, inside all alone. Yeah. So within the last month, we've gone from like, please don't travel interstate. Yeah. To, um, what is it? So right now, it is, uh, you must work. So we're, you're only allowed to work on campus if you want to do any field work. It must be essential field work. Yeah. And by essential, they actually say. Um, essential work is toward um, finding a cure or reducing the impact of COVID-19. Oh, geez. So, so that's not you. No. So my field work is, is no longer allowed um, under those rules. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Um, but at the university, um, I think it was two weeks ago or last week, we swapped from being... If you can work home, please work home. Yeah. So now it's please work from home. If you want to come in to work in the lab, you must request. And it's basically treated as after hours. Or So it's like we're working on the weekend if we ever come in. So yeah. um, we have to sign in using a security app um, and use a, a key code to, to get into the building during work hours. Wow. Um, so, uh, so I, I can still work in the lab, which I know is not the same uh, in many universities throughout the world. Yeah. Um, and in my particular lab, uh, we don't do a uh, schedule of when people can come in. We kind of we don't have that many people anyway. Okay. Uh, but I am aware of some labs where they have schedules, like I can come in on this morning and you can come in in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're not that crowded in the first place. Um, Mental. Yeah, it really is. Um, all teaching has gone online. That happened. Well, that was one of the first things that happened. Yeah. Um, it's really weird. It's really, really weird. I gave my first online lecture. 
Oh, how did that go? Well, I don't know because <laughs> it was pre-recorded. <laughs> yeah. So this is a so Andy, I'm on your advice. You're the uh, online content uh, king of the two of us. That's right. Thank you. Um, and and of the world, but I'll, I'll accept. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't want to go. Well, no, you're right. Of the world. Of the right. world. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, so I had a, a thirty-minute slot to explain my research and kind of propose a research topic. Yeah. And then a, a third-year medical science student could then choose to um, write a literature review on that topic. Okay. Um, and so that went to online and um, basically what the students asked for is just to see the slides. Like they didn't want to have to go online at a particular time and watch me do it. Yeah. They just wanted the slides and then either enough notes with the slides, they don't have to listen to anyone <laughs> or, a, or a voice recording either of the whole talk or yeah. voice annotations for each slide. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I ended up doing voice recorded annotations for each slide. How did that go? Uh, so again, so I don't really know. So I went online on Wednesday. It's Monday, Easter Monday, we're recording mm -hmm. on. Um, and I have not had a single student contact me to do their uh, research proposal with me. Yeah. Um, but there are more talks to come, so perhaps students are waiting to see all the talks first. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really hard. It took me a lot longer to do the recordings of the slides than it would have been if I just got up in front of people and talked because you make a mistake in a talk and you just keep going. Yeah. But you make a mistake when you're recording something and, and you, you just stop. Yeah. Um, so it took a long time and then I, I couldn't – bear listening through it all again so i asked my wife to just sit there and go through it oh gosh just, her, you want to torture her as well jesus yeah. christ uh and just to tell me if there were any glaring mistakes so i okay. said i don't want any like nitpicky you could explain this better yeah i just say you know go for it and so, feedback was uh it, it was good enough good enough good enough is good enough excellent yeah. that's what that's I like. all i wanted to hear so exactly. set it off um and yeah, hasn't come back to it since then. Mm. So, what do you think about this online lecture delivery stuff? Um, do you know what? Like, so I've done a few online courses, and they're great because the courses I really like are split up into ten-minute chunks. So yeah. it's like you listen a bit, you do a bit. You listen a bit, you do a bit. Whereas what I don't like is this one is is this idea that you replace lectures with the same format but just online like it's a completely different beast mm -hmm. so i don't like the idea of people doing 45 minutes to an hour of talking with yeah. their slides but i do like the idea of them going even modular and being like oh okay well we can do a, a sub talk on this area so that then as a resource, you can always go back and you can revisit areas rather than sitting through another, like, you know, trying to scan through 45 minutes worth of content. So I, see. Uh, I think it can be done really well, but I feel like unfortunately at the moment, it's still replacing the one hour in person with a one hour video and no one wants that. Yeah. 
And I think as far as I know, that's what everyone's done because, yeah. I mean, every university has been talking about online content and, and going online. Yeah. Um, but at least as far as I know, they haven't actually worked out the best way to do it. Yeah. They're Look, forced to do it now, so they've just done it the easiest way possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as I know, there are probably some great innovators out there that I just haven't come across. Yeah. So no, it can be done well, but unfortunately, uh, it it and it is. I mean, I like the saying, "Don't let perfection get in the way of progress." But if you've really fucked it up, then that's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else have you been up to? Uh, all right. So, yeah, my notes. I like my notes sometimes. Good. I'm in an open, I'm in an open plan office. You've been in my office area before it is very open plan it's very open plan there's 20 odd people um so when we had the social distancing set to 1.5 meters um one of our administrative staff went around and measured the space between each desk <laughs> yeah excellent and they went it's okay it's everyone between everyone is exactly 1.5 meters so you can all just keep working as normal Wow. Right? Yeah. Now that, but since then, the recommended spacing has been increased to two metres. Well, it's four metres squared per person. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so with the four metres squared per person, whenever you go into a meeting room, yeah, they have written on the door like maximum of two or three people. Okay. Yeah. But the two metres spacing between our desks uh, has not been remeasured because... We are less than two metres apart from each other. Wow. And I guess they don't want to officially, like, say. Um, so what? So, so you're still it. going in? Uh, yeah, I've been going in um, uh, about half the time. Um, wow. Is it weird? Well, no, because everyone's still going in. Oh, well, that's weird. That, that, that makes it weird. Like, it's like, continue. Yeah. We don't... We don't like it, you know. Unless you're working on COVID nineteen stuff or stuff where people are gonna you're gonna save lives, yeah. Maybe maybe come up with a roster. Like fifty percent of you are in on Mondays, you know, sort, yeah. of, sort of deal. Um, so is your lab taking it seriously or or not? So uh, so I share my level with another lab. Yeah, and they. Take, they are very hard workers. They would work like 100 hours a week, everyone in the other group. Um, so they're all there as often as before. Wow. Um, my own lab, um, are probably like me, they're coming in about 50% of the time. Yeah. Um, because like uh, right now, so I've been doing industry-funded research. Yeah. So I can't like write a literature review. I can't write write a review article. Yeah, um, I have to be doing something that actually would be valuable to the industry partner. Yeah. Um, and so, say if I just stop doing stuff for three months. Yeah. Why would they keep paying their thirteen thousand dollars a month or whatever they're paying? Uh huh. Um, for this, you know, for nothing. Yeah. 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 yeah there's no answer, is there? It's they wouldn't, or they shouldn't. They might if they're really nice, but I mean, as a business, as a business, you shouldn't. No, because they get they would get nothing out of it if I say, or if the university says. But yeah, so the mm. uh, 
So field trips are off, like I said, they, but um, what's essential to be working on campus yeah. is like industry-funded research is one of those things. Okay. Um, but everyone's doing their own research still. So PhD students, honours students uh, are still coming in, mm. uh, which I find interesting because uh, if I was a PhD student or if I had like a month of holidays, yeah. Uh, but I have no holidays because I've just been to Brisbane for two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's one of uh, one of the PhD students famously when I was doing one of my my last one of my last postdocs. He needed no excuse not to turn up. In fact, mm. he didn't turn up for two and a half years of his <laughs> PhD. And, Early preparer. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, maybe he was just practicing social distancing, knowing that this would happen. Mm. Ah, so I brought up my open plan office for another reason. Oh yeah, not coronavirus related. Oh. Um, so I noticed that this guy. Um, when I walk past this screen at a particular angle, I cannot see what's on his screen at all. Yeah. And so the way he sits, basically, if you just walk through the thoroughfare bit, you can't see what's on his screen. You have to be standing right behind him to see what's on his screen. Yeah. Is he doing that so that he can go shopping for shoes? Because that's what he was doing when um, I walked <laughs> past the screen. Absolutely. Without his boss knowing. Absolutely. It's, Okay, it's nothing to do with like your eyes, like reducing the strain on your eyes. Oh, uh, no, I'm sure that there's some excuse <laughs> that you can get past human resources. Yeah. Um, but no, I've seen them. They're, they're privacy screens. So I don't know whether you buy them as a whole screen or whether or not there's a filter you can put on it. But there is this certain polarization angle where you have to be right in front of it. Otherwise, you can't see it. Yeah, it was. I remember seeing it. It was. It was designed for a lot of like um, business travelers, so they could work on confidential documents on trains mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, yeah. But clearly, it also works if you just want to do some online shopping and you don't yes. want anyone to know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Are you thinking about getting some? Well, no, because I don't care if I, someone sees me browsing shoes at, at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's that you, you know you've made it when that when you can say that. But if you're going to the effort, like you know, if I want to look at shoes and I don't want someone to know, yeah. I just grab my phone yeah. and go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, this person's clearly lazy as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I banged on for a bit. What have you been up to, Andy? Uh, so, ever since this bloody pandemic thing has happened. Mm. This little sneaky pandemic has snuck its its yeah. uh, agenda into everyone's diary. <laughs> Can you say little pandemic? I just did, and I'm standing mm. by it. Okay. Um, and well, it's quite small, isn't it? Like COVID nineteen. So maybe does that work? Anyway, no. Um, the I've had some things cancelled. So I was looking at 2020 as the year that things started to take off in terms of me speaking. I had three or four speaking engagements. I had workshops. I had all these things. Mm -hmm. And slowly they just stopped responding uh, because ev everyone went into panic mode. But mm -hmm. I did give my first ever two-day – well, I say two-day. It was two one-hour sessions because <laughs> – Over said, two days? Over two days. Oh. 
um, because they were like, we could run a three hour, because it was a three hour workshop and they were like, we could run that on Zoom. And I said, once again, no one wants that. No, like people will, will listen to for 40 minutes max, I think. Mm. So that's what I did is I sort of split up a three hour workshop into two about 45 minute um, sessions and gave it online and it was a roaring success okay so, you heard roaring or are you just assuming it was success yeah well yeah the organizers were really pleased and also at the end i had a number of scientists get in contact with me uh, on linkedin to say how much they enjoyed the workshop how crazy excellent. is that excellent nice feedback yeah so that was really good so yeah um now the the good thing is is now that i've I've got a an I guess a workshop that works online is that I can turn it on into an online course. Okay. And, yeah. then, and then do that. So yeah, that's that's been one of my focuses is like how do I pivot and how do I change to address this uh this pandemic? And one of mm. them is actually yeah, producing courses. So I've got my first one up on andrewstaveson.com.au. Um that's about a five-day challenge to get confident with content. Um, as a scientist or professional, and then yeah, I'll just be adding to that, which is good, which is kind of fun. It's a, it's yeah, new skills. Okay, yeah, it sounds good. Um, and then uh, oh, also for verbalize, yes, this pandemic thing. I was like, how can I use verbalize as a way? Because you know, verbalize is an online first science communication platform. So I said, I was like, clearly, if, if, if people aren't going to be ready for this n now, they're never going to be ready for it. So um, do you remember what Verbalize.Science was called about two years ago? I do. What was it pocket, called? Pocket Conference. It was Pocket Conference. And the idea Put was a that, conference in your pocket. Was that, was that what Gibbo said? Yeah, I think that was yeah, probably what Gibbo said, but not a bad tagline. Um, but, you know... There's lots of very good conferencing software. I don't need to replace that. There's no, you know, there's Zoom, there's all sorts and whatever. But where there's been no innovation are poster sessions. Mm -hmm. And so I actually had a large um, conference organizer come to me or give me a phone call late last week and say, could we use Verbalize as a virtual poster session because one of their clients wants to run an online conference at the end of this year, but they normally rely on about 600 of the scientists presenting via posters. Whoa. But uh, in the past, they tried to do digital posters and they said the feedback's been shit. Mm -hmm. They've tried to do what they... they <laughs> So that people submit a poster and then they do these three minute power talks where, yep. and they, they were like, then we get through about 150 of those. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like that's yeah. too much. So he but that's said, still 450 people not getting to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And so he said he was going to put a proposal to this client that they all upload a poster verbalize the science that has been on that poster and then use it as a virtual kind of um, way to scan through all of the posters have like them all on a page you click and then you get the verbalized poster 
Mm -hmm. So you can see the poster image and then you get the scientist talking about it, hitting the key points, like what's new, how did you do it, why did you do it, and where from here, how, you know, who do you need to collaborate with? Um, so yeah, so that, that's really cool. What do you think about that? I think it sounds very good. So uh, I'm working with a user interface intern at the moment, and we're actually designing the process from the ground up again. Okay. Now, couldn't you upload? No, the verbalize your poster was just you didn't see an image of the poster. Not in the well, so not in the past, no. But now, if we're specifically going for posters, then we would have a like people would still produce an A0 poster, mm -hmm. um, but it would be uploaded to our site instead. Mm hmm. Um, and then they would use the verbalized story creation process to make sure that they create like a little nice sound bite about that science. Um, and then it's uh, browsable on mm -hmm. mobile, on, on the web app. So yeah, that's, that's actually, we're going, and like I said, we're actually building it from the ground up. So okay. I've got a question for you. I've oh, actually got, got, a, I've right. got, I've got a proposal. Okay. I don't know how to do coding. Oh shit! All right, well, forget it. Now, <laughs> I so as part of Verbalize um, and this new direction, what we're doing is if this doesn't work out in terms of working with a science uh, organizer, we are going to actually just run our own poster sessions, like virtual poster sessions, where we invite people from a certain field. It's going to be paid for by um, the people that would normally take up trade show booths mm -hmm. um they're going to sponsor some content being produced um and yeah and essentially we'll run those and then of the posters that are uploaded we're going to do these invited talks so it would become like we would choose 10 or so to to do extended invited talks of maybe 15 minutes via zoom or another conferencing um platform where we yep. can record it um and this is my, so that's, that's my proposal, but I always call you because I like that you, you are quite self-aware when it comes to your motivations for doing stuff, mm -hmm. but also you tell me what I need to hear and not <laughs> what I want to hear. Okay. And so, Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I, 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 really, I really respect that and I really like that. So um, with Verbalize, about once every six months, I'm, I'm getting together a group of people that I value their expertise, I value their insight, but also I've, I need people that just don't, that don't blow smoke up my ass mm. but actually tell me what they think. And I'm, I'm inviting you to be part of Verbalize.science's mission circle. Is that something you'd be oh. interested in? I would, yes. Can, can you make some kind of decorative pin that I can wear on my shirt to say that I'm part of the mission circle? Absolutely. I will do my best. <laughs> um, so it, it means, yeah, about once every six months, just getting together and looking at what we're failing at, what we're doing well, what potential future opportunities there are, um, what scientists like and don't like, like that sort of thing. So it's been a really interesting time and uh, yeah, we're probably going to be launching the new iteration of the site in about, oh, probably about two months, I reckon. Okay. Well, it's good that you got, um, I mean, a real reason to do it with the conference at the end of the year. 
Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if you can, I mean, now is the time to really uh, jump into the market of online science communication, peer-to-peer science communication. Yeah. Not yeah. so much peer-to-public or what, whatever science communication is at the moment. But. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. And I think this peer-to-peer thing is probably more respected by scientists than peer-to-public. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's it. So there we are. That's my news. That's uh, what I'm up to. And I, and I want to officially welcome you to Verbalize.Science's Mission Circle. Okay, thank you. Um, no paddling or anything? Luckily, we're not in the same room. Um, uh, no, there's no, there's no um, ritual to get you in. Like, <laughs> there is a bit of a hazing, but I'll send you a, a, a file on how to do that to yourself. Uh, oh, okay. We well, you can get, uh, yeah, a family member of mine, uh, to, to, I guess. Perfect. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's it. What about your, um, sorry, before you boom. Yeah. Your, your uh, UniSA interns. Oh yeah, this semester is that off now, or can they? You can do that uh, being socially distant. Yeah, so um, we've I've moved all of the meetings online. So um, I've been running a governance system for Verbalize called Sociocracy, um, and so it's a sort of non-hierarchical way of running a business. So it's kind of like uh, if a hippie was to have sex with uh warren buffett um Mm -hmm. so that this this is yeah so sociocracy really allows you to empower people to do what they do best i don't i don't bring on interns necessarily like i want to show them some things in verbalize but ultimately they've got some value that they can bring to our, our shared mission which is to help scientists communicate and accelerate innovation um and so it's been working really well. We have two meetings a week. We have a Tuesday morning stand-up where we meet for 15 minutes, no more, and everyone says what they're doing, if they need any help, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then on Thursdays, we have an hour meeting where we touch each of the topics, marketing, user interface, customer service delivery, and, and customer value creation. Um, and we have a bigger conversation. And look, yeah, so I've still got interns and it's working because I've adopted sociocracy and because uh, I'm not interested in micromanaging clever people. Yeah, that sounds good. You touched on a few things, I think, for our topic, which we should uh, perhaps get into. Well, let's go there now. All right. It's time for Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Ah, there we are. That was good, wasn't it? Okay. I think your microphone leveled out, or maybe Zoom leveled out your microphone a few times there when you made it a bit uh, loud. It was because it was too good. <laughs> um, so, too perfect. Too like, perfect. This can't be. This must be a robot voice because yeah. it's perfectly tuned. This must be the voice of an angel speaking mm. from heaven. It couldn't possibly be a man singing. Yeah. Um, so the topic for the day is working from home. Working from home. Working what are we doing from home. Right now. Jesus. Fine. Jesus. So, um, Cameron, from a science perspective. Yep. Where where does it leave science if scientists are working from home? 
Well, I guess it really depends on your role as a scientist. But So I definitely know most of that myself, who I am a research-only scientist. Yeah. Um, and so in, in the field of chemistry, um, I don't have the option to do chemical experiments at home. Yeah. So I do need to still go into university to get the experiments. Um, but so I am very much limited uh, in the working from home aspect. Yeah. Uh, doing as much as I can from home. So analyzing results, planning experiments, doing some literature review. Um, but uh, yeah, working from home in, in the scope of what I can do is limited. Um, student supervision doesn't change too much, but with social distancing, it would be difficult. I had to show a new student like how to do things. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I don't enjoy teaching, but uh, people who are teaching focused or academics who don't actually don't go in the lab that much themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess I, I haven't really asked them, but I imagine that they probably notice it less. Uh, the difference because um, they don't have so much like their face-to-face interactions and meetings with people. Mm-hmm. So it's not going into a, a space that isn't, you know, the same as basically what we're doing here in Zoom. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you, I mean, you, delivering our content is obviously different. Yeah, yeah. Do you miss the in-person incidental idea generation part of science or are you still getting that occasionally aren't you in your um lab well so i do still get it occasionally but i like so I, i've had four days in a row at home yeah um and i yeah, i really did i missed it um mm. uh, just the option like i'm reading something that's interesting i don't have the option to you know like i, I sit near a friend of the show martin sweetman um, yeah so I miss the option to just lean over our, the cubicle and say, hey, Martin, did you, did you know this or what do you think about this? Yeah. Um, otherwise, I'd have to or send him a text message or organise a Zoom meeting. Um, yeah. Uh, or just being in the lab with someone and just saying, like, what are you doing? And then well, I don't say it like that. I say it a bit nicer. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then from that, a conversation comes out where one of us helps the other person. Yeah. Well, neither, but in the end, I, I, I learned a bit of information that helps me a long way down the track. Yeah, yeah. It's really important. I don't think – so say we're to the point where we are completely isolated. This might have been a science this once, and, like, I'm considered a, a researcher important enough that they'll install a fumewood in my shed. Yeah. Uh, and I can keep doing all of my stuff, but, I you know, I'm home. Yeah. Uh, I don't think – I would be nowhere near – as successful a scientist um, if I were to stay at home. I mean, firstly, I borrow so much stuff from other people. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's a YouTuber who's based in Adelaide and his YouTube channel is called, uh, he's got two, Explosions and Fire, and he's also got a second one called Extractions and Ire. And um, he has got... He's a chemistry um, YouTuber, and he has got the a very rude, like sort of crude and rudimentary setup. But he does some incredible chemistry, like really fundamental chemistry. So it is possible. You just have to start a YouTube channel. Oh well, yeah, to monetize it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, would you would you want to have? 
the ability to do lab stuff at home? Is that something that you would uh, you would welcome if the university was to set you up? No, I would not welcome it. Yeah. Um, my son, 13 months old, just started walking. Ah, brilliant. Has an incredible uh, interest in the shed, which I imagine is where my chemistry lab is going. Yeah. Um, and my shed is already full of dangerous things like gardening um, chemicals and insecticides and redback spiders. Yeah. I couldn't imagine his interest in my shed if it had <laughs> ethanol and methanol and all these other type of chemicals in there. So, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean it's. I, I mean it's just not possible. So yeah. Um, if they if they so, university is still open. If it really does close down, um, I would probably have to think about taking leave without pay. If if the university doesn't offer something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I really I just couldn't be effective in my industry funded job. Mm. So, Andy, I was thinking for this topic that I came up with. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, you are the, the working from home king of the, world, of, of the world, of the world, of the world. Yeah. Um, I wanted to. What's like a science version of like do's and don'ts, um, or right. uh, shoulds, coulds, or musts? Um, uh, I had I had half a thought. What's like a scientific word for do's? Uh, that's what I was going to say. Um, we're going to go with tenure tracks. So if something's so, if it's a must do, it's a tenure track thing. So if you okay. if you do this, you're going to be a tenure track academic. Yeah. And we're going to go in the middle level. It's permadoc, where if you do this, you'll probably stay in the university system, but you're never going to get higher than a postdoc. Yeah. Type level, you know, like what I'm looking at doing in my life. <laughs> yeah. And then there's. I mean, it's not nice to say, but we'll, then we'll go for the bottom level of real estate agent, where okay. if you do this type of thing, um, you're probably going to be looking at uh, a change of careers pretty soon. All right. All right. I'm done with that. Um, so I guess setting up your day to work from home. Yeah. So look, a load of my friends started working from home because their offices were closed and the kind of thing people were saying is like, how do you do it? <laughs> like, mm. it's it seems like a really not fun thing, but a really achievable thing. Yeah, but it it is it comes with its own little challenges. Um, so setting up for the day, uh, the one thing I would say is uh, you have to you have to have the same discipline as in. If you're in the in work by nine, you need mm -hmm. to be at your computer at nine. Yeah. Um, and I'm lucky because Kate is a school teacher and she's still going to work. She's still getting up at sort of like normal mm -hmm. times. So that forces me to, to have some sort of normal routine. Yep. A couple of days I've not had a normal routine and uh, it feels really sleazy. It feels like I'm one step away from becoming like a drunk, uh, I don't know, at home, waking up at 2 p.m. Mm. kind of person. So I feel like that, that idea is keeping me motivated and keeping me like, nope, this is a real job. Um, so yes, sitting down, keeping, I mean, keeping some routine, I think is a must do. So tenure track. Yeah. Uh, is you get up, 
and you get dressed and you have breakfast and you do all the things you would normally do before work and then you sit down at the same time every day. Mm -hmm. So that's tenure track. Yep. Um, perma postdoc is uh, letting something slip. Like maybe, maybe just, and like, it's the stuff that makes you feel a little bit gross, like sitting in your dressing gown and jogging bottoms um, and going on YouTube for two hours before you actually start work. Yep. Like, like you can still achieve stuff, mm. um, but you're, it, you start slipping into the great, yeah. the, the, the point of no return. So you could be sitting at your computer at nine o'clock. Yeah. Your computer's got Facebook open or whatever exactly. your uh, procrastination. Like if you start the day with procrastinating, yeah, you yeah. probably get it. You're, you're looking at that's permadoc uh, activity. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing I'll say is uh, never because I don't know what you like when when you when I was in an office, I would go in and I would sit down and open emails. That was number one. Yeah. Do not do that. That is. Yeah. That is a nightmare. Um, mm. So, yeah, that, if you do that, I think you're in perma, perma doc area. Um, and uh, real estate agent is if all the wheels fall off. Yeah. You know, like, no, uh, no, al no alarm clock. Yeah, it's like, I'll wake up when I wake up and like, oh, uh, you know, what will I do today? I don't know. I'll, I'll go on YouTube for 20 minutes and uh, let myself be inspired. Like, uh, that sort of thing. Although I must admit, um, having it, people feel more guilty about working from home and feel more self-motivated than I think if they're at the office from what I've, from speaking with friends, they feel like they're, they feel, um, more motivated at work because they don't want to become, sorry, more motivated at home because they don't want to become a cliche mm. of someone working from home. Yeah. So I don't know how you feel about that. I, I feel a bit of that at the moment, actually. I think for sure I, this is the, the days I've worked from home, I would be sitting at my computer a lot more hours than what I would be doing at if I was at work. Yeah, right. Because normally if I'm at work doing like a computer day, yeah. I'll get bored of being in front of the computer and I'll go in the lab and like clean some glassware or tidy something up. Yeah. And then that ends up taking a long time because I start chatting to people in the lab. Yeah. Uh, but here it's just not the problem. Uh, not possible to do anything except for like sitting in front of the computer and doing work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, it definitely. Um, and it's hard to like... Uh, Oliver is still here, my, the 13-month-old baby is still here most of the time. So if I creep out to get a coffee, he yeah. sees me. He wants to be about I, it. And then if I leave, he starts crying. So it's yeah. better for, me, for him not to see me. So uh, basically I stay in the study the whole day. Wow. Um, yeah, right. Working from home. Have you – so um, another person said to me that the one thing about working from home is they didn't realize how much they liked walking around. Like mm. it is exhausting to sit down and just <laughs> do work. Like it, it feels so like you achieve almost like, I don't know you you achieve the same, but you feel like you've got nothing done, mm. but it's the little incidental chats and walking that make uh, yeah. work enjoyable. Yeah. Well, normally I'd, I'd, I'd walk two flights of stairs to get a cup of coffee in the building, but here I'm 
four, five meters away from the kitchen. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's very different. Um, one of the first things I had to do to be allowed to work from home is go through an ergonomic uh, checklist. <laughs> um, and uh, I, as I mean, you've been to my house a few times. Yeah. Some of my rooms aren't one hundred percent furnished still. Yeah, five years into the house. So the reason why we have a podcast room is because there's a not yet one hundred percent furnished lounge room. Yeah, uh, and my study, I didn't have any chairs in the study, so I've been using dining chairs. Yeah, and the height of the chairs is not sufficient for my elbow angle to hold a mouse yeah um and so the first few days walking from home i was getting the sorest back mm. um, from sitting strangely yeah so is that a new chair i see behind you yeah so i went to office works the large uh, office supplies retailer yeah and i got one of the few chairs remaining yeah uh, it cost about double the amount i wanted to pay but uh, any other chair was uh, pretty bad that they had left uh, as you could imagine when they had about 10 percent of their stock yeah wow wow no that's yeah absolutely um and the ergonomic assessment um went well i assume well after i bought i got about uh almost 500 dollars worth of stuff in the end oh my god Um, because once i got the chair at the right height then the laptop was too low yeah. So I got myself uh, something to uh, raise the laptop off, off the table. Yeah. Um, and then I needed a keyboard because the laptop was too high. Look, I, um, I got an ergonomic mouse. Oh, I've been thinking about that because I think I have a bit of uh, elbow soreness after, um, you know, sitting in the computer for so much longer than I'm used to. Yeah, they're brilliant. You should definitely get one. But they're about $145. Yeah, that's what stopped me. Yeah, but I have not had a sore wrist since using my ergonomic mouse. Yeah. All right, give me another one. Uh, all right, uh, scheduling your day. How do you schedule your day when you're working from home? All right. Okay, 10-year level, 10-year level scheduling yep. from home is you've, it works for me if I have two large things to tick off. Okay. So, for example, it may be I want to write 500 words on this blog post or I want to um, put, put together this little marketing flyer for this customer, whatever it is. So, so would I, you be sp- specific enough to say 500 words on this blog post? Or oh, would you absolutely. say, I'll, I'll write this blog post? No, no. Or you're going to write it, you're going to write 500 words of it. Yeah, yeah. So, sp- specific, achievable. What is it? The SMART goals? Specific measurable um mm-hmm. uh achievable uh yep. timely was another one um realistic so anyway i try my best to, to, to do to set smart goals and i have two of those a day one to do in the morning and one to do in the afternoon and normally i'll set up my tasks so that if one of them is like a writing and producing thing the other one is a more like less focused i guess activity yep um so yeah so that's that's what you got to do so okay and that's the only way so small goals that are achievable that are smart um and yeah that's 10 year level organizing of your so day. just so say you so you do the blog post in the morning yeah but you uh, it's 1 p.m and you've yep. written 450 words yeah do you just 
What do you do? Uh, progress is better than per- perfect, so I move on. Okay, so you say it's 1 p.m., I've got to do the afternoon task. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And normally the, because one of them is creative and the other one is not creative, I'm normally run out of steam anyway. So I'll do the creative one in the morning um, and then by, if it gets to one and I've only written 400 words, then it means that there's something fundamentally wrong with my motivation to continue. So mm-hmm. it normally means then I'll go to like the admin stuff that doesn't really take much brain power, but I can, yeah, just, you know, push stuff around on a spreadsheet or something. Yep. Um, so how would a, a Permadoc uh, organize their day? All right, Permadoc, they are still achieving, but a little bit more sporadic. They know roughly what they've got to do. Yep. Uh, so I used to have like, I'll see what pops up. And what pops up, oh, this is another good thing. <laughs> Normally, what pops up, you think it's important, but it really isn't. But for some reason, because of the popping up aspect of the task, um, it yeah, it feels very urgent when a lot of the time it's just busy work. So a permadoc would be very busy with these pop-up tasks. That, okay, so they're watching their emails, waiting to reply to something that comes up. Yeah, that's right. Or like, you know, unless there's there's very few things in life, I think, that if something pops up, you need to deal with immediately. And it's kind of like that the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Um, it is a lot of that. So yeah, a, a permadoc would be watching their emails, would be taking phone calls. I actually don't take phone calls uh, if it's not um, lunchtime and I'll, I'll call back later because it's, a, it's normally, uh, you know, unless it's a friend, I'll always answer for a friend. But if it's a client or if it's an intern, um, <laughs> normally it's like pop-up tasks that aren't important but can seem important. But uh, yeah, so a perma perma doc um, would okay. would be doing pop up tasks. Yeah, I'm a bit I'm a bit more like that at the moment. I've got to get more tenury on that one. Oh right, right, and then yeah, um, completely losing it would be having zero goals and having like twenty tabs open on your browser. Mm-hmm. And like clicking backwards and forwards and not having any focus. You got to give up yes. at that point. Yeah. But I've been there, right? I've some afternoons, I, for some reason, I end up with 20 tabs open and I'm click, clicking backwards and forwards. And I do have to remind myself what is my biggest single smart goal for that section of the day? Yeah. There we are. Okay. Uh, so, so, so we've got from the we've got basically start middle. How do you end your day? Um, so when do you know when do you know you've done enough? So you've set your two smart goals is probably going to be the, one of the answers. But yeah, um, I guess is it nine to five still? No, um, I'm I'm much more in tune now. With so to answer your question, how do you end? You definitely have to like yeah finish your smart goals or at least get them to a point where you can resume them properly. Um, a tenure level end of the day is, and I do not do this one. This is one of the worst. I'm uh, yeah one of the one of the things I'm really bad at. A tenure level end of the day is 
you've finished your SMART goals, you've ticked them off. Mm-hmm. You've also done a review so that you know how to get started tomorrow morning. Yep. Because apparently getting started the next day is one of the hardest things. So you just have to spend 10 minutes with a little list saying, I got here with this tomorrow to pick it up to get going again. You need to do this. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of like putting those smart goals back into the system. Um, But I don't do that. I work out my smart goals in the morning um, or they're buzzing around in my head. So that's tenure level is actually preparing for the next day. And I don't do that. Okay. Oh, well, there we go. So I've got my whole next week planned out. Boy, so. you're, you're professor. You're not only tenure level, you're, you're, <laughs> you're dean. Yeah. The problem is, though, that little things pop up and uh, then all of my week's planning go out of the way. Yeah, but, um, right. Because if I don't look at emails or answer my phone, um, yeah, maybe I'll be okay. Yeah. And then um, uh, permadoc or per- what are we calling this again? I keep on changing oh, it. Yeah, I, I say permadoc. Permadoc. All right. Permanent doctorate. Permanent yeah. postdoc is permadoc. All right, permadoc. So a permadoc level end of the day is probably where I'm at at the moment where you just want to see it over and done with. Yeah, you tap yourself on the back, you go, smart goal, smart goal, off I go. Yeah, see you later. Um, But also it isn't nine to five and I do, I'm a little bit more attuned. I think the one thing that separates real estate agent from permadoc is the fact you can be a little bit flexible with yourself, but without giving yourself too much leeway. So I know that I am useless at writing if I do it before about 10 Mm AM. So one of my smart goals, if it is producer 500 words for this blog is okay, I'm going to start that at 10, but I will start that at 10. Um, Or, you know, when I feel like, there's, there's a bubbling up inside for me to be able to do it. Um, and I think that's taken me a long time. And then it could be that I want to have a couple hours off and I'll get ready for three o'clock and I'll go three till six or something. But yeah, that, that, there's a very fine line between being flexible enough with yourself so you can get stuff done efficiently and when you're at your best and then slipping off into, oh, you know what, I'll do this tomorrow. Yeah. But that comes with time. And I've been working from home, I don't know, for about three years now. Hmm. And genuinely, the best thing you can do is do something tomorrow. Sometimes. Sometimes. But, oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. But that is a problem. Um, and it's, I mean, tomorrow you is so much more productive than today you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, it's one of the things that I've really been struggling with because, you know, I do the daily vlog. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the daily vlog for LinkedIn has got very boring, or at least I felt it got boring and monotonous because I was no longer riding up to the city and I was no longer uh, dr- flying my drone at the edges in the parkland or down at the beach. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm trying to do my best to stay inside and stay in my suburb. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so then I'm like, okay, I still want to produce a vlog. But then, I, then I'm thinking, well, I don't want to produce a shit vlog, but then I've got this internal challenge which is am i being like am i being too lenient with myself am i using this to turn into a real estate agent level <laughs> uh motivation where i'm like you know what the world's gone to shit i'm not going to do it anymore or is this the time when you you double down on this and you're like you know what it's going to get harder it's yeah. harder and everyone's the whole world is is harder you just need to suck it up and that's what you do so 
there is a real like am i should i be super lenient with myself or yeah should i push harder than i've ever pushed because that I, that's the only way to get through it so i imagine that linkedin's browsing has gone up with more people working from home so right. if that's true, you should be going harder because you have more potential audience or more sure. potential engagement with the yeah. audience you currently have. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Maybe, that, maybe now that people are at work, they can just they just look at Facebook. Uh, sorry, now that people are at home, they just look at Facebook. They don't have to look at LinkedIn and claim that it's work. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what's happening. But I've, I've taken the um, attitude of... Uh, I I really feel like consistency consistency and persistence are what will win in the long term and so I will continue producing vlogs I will continue editing until midnight if I need to mm-hmm. and that's just part of the journey yeah. um and it's kind of that thing like you know you you when you when you're doing things that you believe are of value, you expect to see a linear output. I put in this much energy, and now I get this much result. Um, but what COVID 19s done, I think, is flattened that. So now, you if you put in the same amount of energy, you're going to see the same results, if if not a little bit less than you did pre COVID nineteen. But now you've got to double the effort potentially to see the du- like to see an exponential increase like you would have before COVID nineteen. Um, just because everyone's in panic mode, everyone's just yeah. like, "Well, oh shit, what do we do?" Because no one really knows. No. So yeah, unprecedented in our anyone's uh, memorable lifetime. So. Yeah, well, I do you know. So Simon Sinek uh, is a business um, like leadership guy, and he was saying it isn't un- un- like the the pandemic is unprecedented, unprecedented, but change is not unprecedented. He was like businesses and professionals and people should be ready to change and pivot and innovate always. Like that's what actually makes. Um, the business strong makes a career mm. strong is the ability to change quickly because change, you know, it's that thing change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. It just happens that this one is an unprecedented change <laughs> because well, of yeah. COVID 19, right? Yes. But, well, I mean, it feels like there's at least the rate of change here yeah. is unprecedented, but I mean, people have probably pivoted a business this fast before but to have this many people being forced to pivot their business or close their business yeah um, yeah i'd be surprised yeah absolutely and you know like science is do it has to do the same it's it's not it's not going to be the same old uh for the for the next for the foreseeable future anyway so how how do Mm. we uh how do we navigate it it's interesting um all right so last thing about working from home is uh uh how do you work as a team when you're working from home. All right. So I, t- I touched on this. Um, I feel like capitalism, I went there, I did it. Um, <laughs> this, capitalism, is a, this is the new uh, peepop bingo is Andy is. mentions capitalism. That's exactly in right. A negative, in a negative <laughs> way. <laughs> capitalism has relied on tricking people into being micromanaged like you must come in you must punch your timesheet you must and and we just accepted it as normal 
Um, and like, oh yeah, of course, productive people go to work. Of course, productive people are there nine to five. And all of a sudden that's got thrown out. And so, um, yeah, when I was choosing a governance system for Verbalize, I was like, what exists that isn't that? What isn't hierarchical? What, what, what can I use? And that's when sociocracy sort of appealed to me is that uh, you give people, I guess, freedom because they are, are the, or you employ people that are experts in that field. So there's no point me employing a marketer and then telling him what to do. There's no point me employing a coder and then telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. So this, um, this idea of sociocracy, and it's a whole thing, and I'm actually getting training on it. I'm using some verbalized business money to get a consultant to talk me through how to run it all. Um, but it really, it, I like it. It allows people to be uh, uh, free in their decision-making, but also, I guess, a bit accountable because there's communication channels and a kind of a fractal uh, governance structure as opposed to the kind of the siloed uh, pyramid that you see uh, typically. So how do you work together as a team? Communication, um, regular touching in, like I have these Tuesday stand-ups and I, they, they have to not last for any more than 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I like that. And I remember once that I told you that I wanted to have a timer in a meetings yeah. set to five minutes and you yeah. laughed at me for how mean that was. Yeah, I did. And uh, I, I'm a changed man. Mm. Um, meetings always fill the space yes. that people allow them to fill it into. Absolutely. And one other thing this consultant um, sort of, says is that at the beginning of every meeting, you have what they call an admin round. And part of that admin round is the D, the duration. And it is out of respect for everyone that it lasts, the meeting lasts for the amount of time you say it will last. So uh, a 15 minute meeting is exactly that. It is, it lasts. And then everyone's just on task. Everyone knows what's expected if it's 15 minutes. Whereas if you always factor in an hour meeting and then you know go oh well we only really want 15 minutes it will fill the hour so part of the meeting structure is okay this will last for 15 minutes and it's up to the facilitator to make sure that it it lasts that long so do you have a timer going or do you just look at your watch uh just look at the watch yeah, and then just, you say, "Well, that's been fifteen minutes." Yeah, well, we say. I mean, you keep checking in and say, "Look, we're, I'm conscious that we're we're stopping at you know ten o'clock or something." Um, so, uh, if we want, we can move this to the bigger meeting, and that quite often sort of sorts out what's important and not. Mm, okay. Um, so yeah, regular. So you, you say regular. Yeah, but two times a week. You think that's regular? Um, for the size of the team I've got, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, that's enough to tell that like the stand up on Tuesdays where they just tell me what they're up to and if they need help. Um, and then, uh, Thursdays, the much longer, but you can have like, you, you can have weekly meetings and daily standups. So you have weekly hours and then every morning you can have a stand-up. Um, yep. I think that would work if I had a bigger team and a bigger customer base and 
you know, that's where I would end up going. But at the moment, once a week stand up and then a bigger one works. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, you say stand up. Do you have to stand up? Why is it called a stand up? Oh, it's called stand up because it comes from, uh, it's called Kaizen, I think, which is a, it's a, an, an agile programming where they literally stand up and the act of standing up just reminds everyone that they're there for a short period of time. Okay. So it's called a stand up because people do stand up when they meet up in real life, but yeah. online, you can just stand up if you want. I like that just standing up. Yeah. Yeah. It would bring people more quick, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Our next section is not science this. It's would you rather work in from home edition where we talk about things we give. No, what happens? Where <laughs> we give, rather what we, we find out what we would rather. There we are. Where we yeah, find out options. what we would rather. That's pretty good. All right. Easy. Destroyed that one. Okay, Cameron. That's going to sound good. That's going to sound good. I reckon it's going to sound really good. Yeah. Um, okay. So imagine a world where we've gone into complete lockdown, but mm -hmm. you must still do your, your physical lab work. That is a non-negotiable. Okay. So would you rather have a bed in the lab mm -hmm. or a lab in your bedroom okay so um i know of quite a few people who've slept in labs before really yes oh sure um so some people doing very long experiments or otherwise people have booked equipment that's not available until like midnight and so uh. they've just slept in the lab or in the office. That's horrible. Um, I, I hate know. that. Ugh. I know. I know. Um, and uh, how often am I sleeping in the bed in the lab? Uh, as long as, so for maybe six months before the curfew uh, uh, gets lifted. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm liking the idea of just having the bed in the lab because um, then at least I'm not really ruining my house, which I think is what I'm, I'm particularly worried about. Yeah. Um, sleeping, so work, sleeping would be easier in my bedroom as well. Yeah. So that's a good thing for that. But can I, could I sleep in the lab? I think I probably could. Um, it's going to be dark enough and there's not too many whirring noises from overnight experiments in our labs it's it's quite quiet so all right there's um, no like continuous vacuum pumps or anything going on no no so as long as other people aren't working which happens not that often in our group so i am having a bed in the lab perfect great yeah would you rather have your home office as um uh, having a laptop uh, and sitting on your bed or would you rather have your home office so home office in your bedroom or home office in your kitchen all right uh so do i have to sit in the bed yeah so and you've then, got a very small bedroom yeah or i have to sit oh you have to stand at your um stand at your uh 
Where would you be in the kitchen? Like, yeah, uh, like I just like your bench. bench, kitchen, yeah. kitchen bench. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, Kate has been working from home a little bit, and she has tucked herself into the bed with a laptop on her lap, mm-hmm. um, which actually makes you realise that laptops are called laptops because you can put them on your lap. Yes. Um, they get quite warm. They do get really warm, um, especially on a bed where the fan <laughs> is covered. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, it, and that always looks really nice. So that, that would be my one thing is to think about comfort versus overheating of the laptop. On a kitchen <laughs> bench, there is no chance for your laptop to overheat. Whereas in the bed, you've got a very hot laptop. So uh, let's have a look. I would rather, i tell you what, the bed appeals to me because it seems comfy, but I would rather stand up in a kitchen. Okay. Yeah, I reckon that'd be more um, productive. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's kind of like the everyone likes the idea of working in their pajamas and then you do it and it just feels gross. Mm. Yeah. You might get interrupted a bit more in the kitchen than in the bedroom, but... Not my bedroom, mate. My bedroom's a hive of activity. Oh, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I got one more for you. Okay. Would you rather be at work as, as normal, but because of, of physical distancing, you have to be in a full hazmat suit the entire day? So we're talking in the lab, full hazmat, or Mm -hmm. we're putting everyone in their own like a lab, essentially like a bubble lab where you just, you're the only person in there. Like, do you want, do you want a social lab, but with hazmat suits or do you want a completely clean lab that only you go into like a little blow up dome? (laughs) Um, Which one would you prefer? Well, so I clearly prefer the personal blow-up dome. Um, I mean, I don't think having a hazmat suit on, I don't think I'd do much chit-chat. I think I would kind of just get my stuff done and leave. Oh, so okay. not really, I don't think I'm really missing out on my incidental uh, learning or incidental uh, talking with other people because yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no chit-chat happening when I'm wearing a hazmat suit. Yeah. So... I choose the bubble. I would rather the bubble. All right. Well, thank you very much, Bubble Boy. You're welcome. And thank you very much, uh, Andrew. (laughs) Thanks. Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band Voice Rom. Go check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, like our Facebook page, and leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast because that helps us a heap. Cameron, sponsor for the week. You were just listening to Publish Perishable Podcast, and it was brought to you this week by our future sponsor, Zoom. Zoom recording might be the way that we're doing this podcast for a while for the rest of our lives. Mm. All right, final farewells. Uh, Goodbye. Bye. There we are. That was good, wasn't it?